0: are Locked On NBA,
1: your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James up top to Kuzma. fake drives, gets inside, finds Davis for the slam. And welcome. You are locked on in the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, the host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, and joining me, the great Ben Goliver of the Washington Post, Ben you and I only get together and do this when something crazy happens. And again, once again, it proves to be true. The Miami Heat seem to be broken and the Lakers win game one of the NBA finals.
0: You know, it's it's crazy. Being at that game, obviously a lot of things are different, right? We're in the bubble. There's not really crowds. They're trying to like compensate for all the weirdness here with a whole bunch of final signage. And, you know, there, there was, you know, a real mood to this, uh, you know, atmosphere you know, Adam Silver shows up, gives his pregame press conference. It starts to feel a little bit normal. You get into that game, Miami, you know, dream start for them, obviously. I mean, they come right out of the gates, everything's working. And that game turned faster than pretty much, and harder than pretty much any game that I could remember. The only one I might compare it to is remember when Kawhi Leonard um, got injured in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors a few years ago? Yeah, San Antonio's Zaza. a big. They feel, yeah, exactly. The Zaza game. They, they feel like they're in total control. And obviously Miami never got to that point, right? But they did have that positive momentum. They felt like they were, you know, running out of the gate. And all of a sudden that thing just flipped 180 and it spiraled and it spiraled and it spiraled for the heat. You're not even so much worried about the fact that you were trailing by 30-plus points midway through the third quarter. What you're worried about is the accumulating injuries. I mean, Goran Dragic with the series foot injury, it's very difficult to play effectively on a foot injury. You've got Bam Adebayo nursing a shoulder injury and a completely dominated by Anthony Davis in game one. So that's a red flag. And then Jimmy Buller with the ankle, he said he's going to try to tough through it. Obviously he was uh, limping at times there in the second half too. I mean, those are your three most important players. If you're saying which guys from the heat have an opportunity to be finals MVPs, if they win this series, those are the three guys that you name, right? So I think for, um, for Miami, it's not just the insult of, of having your pride wounded in the blowout loss. It's the injuries. I mean, that's really what you take away from this one. And that's what's got to have you nervous.
1: And that just it just really stinks all around. Right. I mean, Miami gets here. They're the team that's supposed to be, you know, team over stars. They have this collection of guys are supposed to be able to, you know, basically quantity over quality against the Lakers who have the two big stars. Definitely the two best players in the series. And then they come in and they just basically lose all three of them you know at halftime it's the craziest thing to see those guys all go out a lot of people were ranking you know the best 10 players in the series and it would go like you know LeBron AD and then the next 3 were these 3 guys and these were the next 3 guys in the in the series and now they're just they're they're whole future is kind of questioning right now uh, Bam at a bio according to a source after the game intends to play in game two they're gonna do some kind of you know treatment obviously we're gonna see how he goes goran Dragic apparently suffered a, a planter tear and so I have no idea what that Malcolm Brogdon was out for eight weeks with that uh, so it could be similar to that which is just a huge bummer and then Jimmy Butler like you said is trying to play um, before all the injuries though like let's say if Bam does come back you know Jimmy Butler plays the Lakers after going down 23 to 10, really went on this huge run when LeBron was out. And they ended up, you know, basically going on like, you know, a 30 point run basically where they just took over. It's wild to see the Lakers completely dominate when LeBron's off the floor. But they're able to do that with AD really controlling everything.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, like, uh, you know, with some of those injuries, first of all, Goran Dragic, his first finals game ever, right? He's been waiting and waiting five or six years for that injury to happen in that first game is just an absolute crushing heartbreaker for him. Um, you know, given what he put up with over the, the course of that rebuilding program down in Miami to get to this moment, and have him go down, it's terrible. Similar deal for Jimmy Butler, by the way. He's had two real playoff heartbreaks against LeBron. You'll remember the series in 2015 when Jimmy's on the Bulls, LeBron's on the Cavs. LeBron hits that crazy game winner, you know, it scraps David Blatt's play, hits an amazing shot, kind of completely breaks Chicago's heart, winds up blowing that team up, Tib gets gets fired, right, Jimmy winds up getting traded not too long after that, uh, and you can even go back to 2013 where Jimmy had to play all 48 minutes multiple times in that series against the Heat, and LeBron winds up getting it done there. So these are just really, really painful injuries and, and terrible timing there. Same deal kind of for Bam in a different way because this is clearly like the peak moment of his career, right? He's coming off that incredible Game 6 performance where he just dominated Boston, had that great blocking game, one of the Eastern Conference Finals. And now to have this potentially, uh, you know, tarnished here by an injury would just be, uh, you know, really rotten luck, rotten timing. Now, in terms of the Lakers and what they were able to get done, what we saw here There is only one person on Miami's roster who has a chance to guard Anthony Davis, and that's Bam. If you try to put Jay Crowder on Anthony Davis, you can forget about it. He's eating all day long. And what we also saw was uh, L.A. have a lot of success staying big against Miami. They were actually able to get some pretty quality minutes out of Dwight Howard. He's doing damage on the offensive boards. He's doing uh, damage by getting to the foul line with putbacks. And they were just getting basically to the rim at will against miami now here's the thing miami's had a lot of success playing with bam at the center um you know usually he's a pretty imposing interior presence at this point he was playing whack-a-mole he couldn't guard everybody he couldn't keep uh, lebron away from the hoop he couldn't keep ad away from the hoop he couldn't keep dwight off the glass there's only so much he could do that's a big time problem for the heat and i don't know how they solve it if you look at their backup bigs it's guys like O'Linick and myers leonard i mean that's asking an awful lot of them. Hmm. So I do think we're in a situation here where the Lakers are going to potentially just be able to bully this group, you know, and that's your big concern. If you're exposed, obviously, you know, you can play better as a team. You certainly can play more effectively offensively. You know that the Lakers aren't going to shoot the three ball as well as they did in game one. I mean, they were just red hot from outside. The problem is, can you keep them out of the paint? Can you uh, stop these guys from just getting a parade to the, to the layups and the free throws? I'm not sure they can.
1: Yeah, and the Heat actually outscored the Lakers in points in the paint, which is kind of wild to look back and, and think about that. That's how good the Lakers were from three. And when they shoot over 30%, I think they're undefeated so far in the playoffs. If they shoot over 30% from three, which is not even that you know high of a number. But Miami, one of the big stories going into this game was Miami's zone. And was Miami going to bring out the zone? Were they going to try it? The Lakers aren't that great of a shooting team, but are, were they going to try it? And they, they tried it a little bit in the second, the second quarter, and then they – they tried some type of a zone i was i was noticing that they you know were, were playing a little bit of a zone and then they would switch a little bit on some of their you know defensive assignments but what the lakers were doing is they just basically attacked from the weak side every single time like you were saying bam can't guard everybody so he's coming up and stepping up to try and you know defend the, the guy that's driving and then AD would come out of nowhere. Kuzma would cut, or you'd have you know Dwight Howard cut, and just these cutters could be because you have somebody so small, you know, on those on those blocks basically guarding down there, and that's where the Lakers were really able to take advantage. And then obviously hitting these threes, 15 of 38, the shot just about 40 percent from the field, 25 of 27 from the free throw line as well. They were really hitting as well. This Lakers offense, you know, came out of you know, nowhere without Bam on the floor. We still have to mention Bam only played 21 minutes. So if he's not going to be able to play there's just no chance.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that was the even bigger problem, right? So Bam couldn't guard everybody when he was on the court, But (laughs) when he was off the court with the foul trouble there in the second quarter. That's really when the floodgates open. So that's what I mean about him being the only guy who has a chance against AD. That's just a critical, critical mismatch. And I do think we should underscore and give even more credit to Anthony Davis than we already have. I mean, this is not just a matter of like, Oh, the Lakers, are bullying the heat Anthony Davis is playing phenomenal basketball right now better basketball than I ever expected him we have not seen him in the pressure moments he's even admitted to having nerves in in game one of the Western Conference Finals game one of the finals I mean I didn't see any nerves I just saw him punking anybody around him right and he's just getting to any spot he wants Um, you know the the putbacks on the offensive glass the jumpers there I mean pretty much anything three-pointer was there for him um, all of it. And so I think, it, you know, from that standpoint, you're mentioning, well, who has the top end talent in this series? Well, obviously, the Lakers with those top two guys. Um, both of those guys were exceptional in game one, and they have a lot more to give. You know, they've been pacing LeBron's minutes a lot. 80 is obviously right now completely in his physical prime. Uh, he, he's never been more dominant possession to possession than he is right now during this bubble postseason. He tore apart the Portland Trailblazers. Um, He presented all sorts of issues for the small ball Rockets. Um, He won the matchup decisively against Nikola Jokic in the Western Conference Finals, and he destroyed Bam and Miami's front line in game one. And I think if you're Miami, when you're starting to talk about adjustments, you have to decide, you know, do we basically just have Bam never leave AD? Do we have to? Is that like our only way to possibly neutralize Anthony Davis? I think that's what you have to start to think about because it was just too easy against Crowder. It was too easy against any of their other fours. And I think you almost have to sacrifice whatever Dwight Howard does. And you have to actually sacrifice a little bit against LeBron too, to at least neutralize Anthony Davis because you have no hope if he plays that dominant uh, going forward in this series.
1: Yeah, coming up, let's get into what Anthony Davis was able to do, how the Heat can potentially combat that and how Anthony Davis was able to have such an incredible game. 34 points for him. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, DoorDash is an excellent way to get the food that you crave, the food that you want, right to your door. DoorDash has all kinds of restaurants on their app. You can go, they have countless restaurants. The restaurants right now are counting on you. Some states they're still closed up. Some states they're still, um, you know, not, you know, they have they still have restrictions on them. So you need to get that food from there to you without having to go to the store. DoorDash is the app for that. It brings you the food that you're craving right now with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-to restaurants or your favorite national change, whichever you'd like. Many local restaurants are still open for delivery. Use the DoorDash app, select your favorite restaurant, and the food will be left at your door. They have a contactless delivery option you can hit in the settings. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and $0 on delivery fees. When your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. All you have to do at that point is wait for your food. Don't forget, code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Ben, let's continue talking about Anthony Davis because he was, I think, obviously the player of the game. 34 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, 3 blocks. He was 2 of 4 from 3, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. He was all over the place. He is just... He seems so ready and primed for this moment. It just seems like... All the time in New Orleans, all of that, you know, trying to get through the playoffs and, you know, having a, you know, they're they're kind of the plucky team that played the Golden State Warriors pretty well that one series. And then they beat the, the Blazers that one year and just all that, all the turmoil of him not wanting to be there anymore. The, you know, the Looney Tunes shirt, that's all folks. Like all that stuff seems to be so far behind him now. He's just so ready to play basketball in this moment and step up to this big stage when, the Lakers' legacy of all these players that have been so good, he's following in that footsteps. I don't know if you remember when Dwight Howard was, was first traded to the Lakers. There was this picture that was going around, this, this Photoshop of like Dwight Howard and Shaq and Kareem and George Mikan. And like <laughs> <laughs> that Photoshop was going around. Now, obviously, that didn't work out well for Dwight Howard, but Anthony Davis is falling in line with all these guys. And man, if he's not almost as good as all those guys.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. Does this remind you at all of the 2012 finals a little bit where so obviously LeBron took his lumps in 2011, but when they come back against Oklahoma City, LeBron is like kind of realized who he is as a player. He went through the pain of losing that finals in 2011 and having the shrink from the moment and all that back and forth about, you know, what happened to LeBron? Did did he choke? Did he, you know, did he tense up late in that 2011 series? And he was just comfortable in 2012. And that series actually started tight against Oklahoma City, but by the end of it, it was just a decisive victory and everybody sort of had to crown LeBron as like clearly the most dominant player in the game. And this and talent was overwhelming for a younger and less experienced team in Oklahoma City. I'm wondering if we're going to see that a little bit here, too, against Miami, where this is 80s moment. This is his breakthrough. He's had playoff struggles in the past. He hasn't been able to get past the first round He's even had the lottery seasons, but now he's set up on a team where they do have a major talent advantage. He's able to do everything that he does. Well, he's set up perfectly b- by LeBron on a regular basis. So many of his baskets are set up by LeBron's passes. Cause they just have such a great um, two man chemistry. I wonder if that's kind of a, a comparison point here for this series. You know, if they wind up you know, winning this thing, let's say in five or, or even potentially sweeping this series, if we're not going to look back and say, Hey, this group kind of won in resounding fashion, similar to that 2012 Heat team.
1: Yeah, I look at Anthony Davis and I just see a guy that is playing with a safety net, basically, right? He has LeBron back there. The, you know, the game, you know, the, the closeout game against the the Nuggets, LeBron just goes off and he still has that in him and he can still, you know, muster that if he needs to. And Anthony Davis goes out there and says, I'm just going to, you know, play and it's not going to all be on me, right? I still have LeBron behind me to still pick up the slack if I'm not able to to perform, which is just, it has to just be a so freeing moment, right? <laughs> You're like, this isn't all just dependent on me. Oh, I can, yeah. you know, and the fact no, that LeBron... LeBron's setting him up in so many ways.
0: It's the ultimate confidence booster, right? Because I mean, honestly, coming into this series, the biggest advantage the Lakers had besides just talent is the fact that LeBron's in his 10th finals and Jimmy, (laughs) Bam, and Goran are in their first, right? I mean, that is just an experience gulf. It's not even a gap, right? It's a gulf. And so if you're Anthony Davis, it's just like LeBron's been through every possible situation there is to go through. He's been up. Um, in series. He's been down 3-1. He's had the 3-1 comeback. I mean, literally any spot he's been in. So um, the Lakers are absolutely getting their marching orders from LeBron on this one. I mean, even Frank Vogel before game one goes, LeBron's the best leader I've ever seen, right? And you look at how locked in. I want to make this point on LeBron because his demeanor changed midway through the Houston series. It was just palpable. I could tell his focus went to a different level. He could just start to see the water parting. He realized that Milwaukee was in trouble he realized the Clippers were maybe faltering a little bit. He realized that Houston, which was supposed to be a real finals threat, they had no shot. And he started cranking it up right there at that moment. If you fast forward to the end of the Western Conference Finals, he's doing a lot of deep breathing and meditation exercises. He's, uh, you know, he's he's really locked in and focused before the game in a way that he hadn't been previously. Uh, I'm sure you saw the story. He told Chris Haynes of Yahoo that he, you know, basically called his shot before Game Five and said he was going to end that series right there. <laughs> He's just been on an absolute tear since midway through that Houston series from a mental standpoint, from controlling the game, manipulating everybody um, on the court and then obviously leading the Lakers off the court, too. And so to me, it's uh, it is a perfect uh, scenario for Anthony Davis to thrive. And that's how it was supposed to be. That was the blueprint even before they came together. That was the whole concept. And it's playing out exactly to a T right now.
1: Yeah, LeBron James, incredible game for him. You know, 25 points, 13 boards, 9 assists. Actually, pedestrian stats for LeBron. But (laughs) but still an incredible game for a guy, 35 years old, playing 36 minutes in the finals. Uh, Just absolutely massive for him. But Uh, but
0: Nick, can I ask you this question? Don't you think he's got a lot more to give? Like, he didn't, I mean, he basically had a triple-double and, you know, they they didn't even really need to push him, right? Like, I mean, they're up by so much, he's kind of jogging through long stretches of that game. I mean, the scary part was he's getting out in transition in certain moments, and Miami just cannot allow that to happen. And I'm sure that's driving their coaches crazy. Uh, But was LeBron even in sixth gear tonight? Right? I mean, to me, that looked a lot like fourth gear.
1: Yeah, it seemed like at certain points he was coasting, and they had a 30 point lead. Of you know, of course, he's going to be coasting at certain points. I wanted to look up to see how many minutes per game you know a 35 year old has played in the playoffs through like. 10 games or so. So I went on stat head. I did a minimum of 10 games. How many, you know, who is the leader in a playoff run? 35 years old or older. The first two are Wilt Chamberlain in 72 and 73, 47 minutes a game, basically, which is just <laughs> absolutely insane. Oscar Robertson, number, number three in 74 with 43 minutes a game. Carl Malone in 99 with 41 minutes a game. Cliff Robinson in 2002 with 40.9 minutes a game. 19th lebron james is 19th in minutes played so far as a 35 year old or older which is like i didn't expect that many 35 year olds to play a lot of games but he's not having to play 40 minutes 45 minutes he's not having to play a ton of minutes so far and i think that's been incredible for him he still can get to that gear because he hasn't had to you know play that much throughout this this whole you know bubble basically
0: No, this is the lightest load from a minute standpoint he's ever played in the playoffs in his entire career. And it's been intentional. They've been trying to save him. They've been trying to backload it. They've been trying to make sure that he can go 40 plus only when necessary. So you saw him go 40 plus in game five against Denver, and he closes that out in spectacular fashion. You have Jamal Murray, who's more than 10 years younger than him, starting to come up with injuries, not able to kind of continue. You've got Jokic getting in foul trouble not able to close that game out very well. Again, he's 10-plus years younger than LeBron James. And you've got LeBron, meanwhile, dominating the game below the rim, inside the arc, turnaround jumpers, fighting all of his shooters. I mean, doing it all really with the power of his mind and, and with his technique and his craft. So from that standpoint, it's, it's been brilliant minutes management. Even if you go back to two years ago, LeBron was averaging like 42, 43 minutes per game in the playoffs for Cleveland. It's been completely night and day. It's been smart that they've been riding Anthony Davis so hard during this postseason. He's re- he's ready for it. He's built for it. And it's actually saved LeBron to, to make sure he has his best for last. I mean, look, he's talked about how challenging of an experience the bubble is time after time after time. Uh, LeBron has. I mean, he's really made that a major theme. But he's also played it brilliantly. Like, he's, he's kind of saved his best for last. He rope-a-doped there for a little bit earlier in the playoffs. You know, I think uh, just kind of conserving energy. And at this point, again, you go back. We, we talked about the matchup problems that Miami's got right now with Anthony Davis. What do you do with LeBron uh, if you're Miami? I mean, Jimmy Butler is your best option, but he didn't really stop or slow LeBron down that well. And he's got a bad ankle. So what do you do there? I mean, it's just another potentially unanswerable question if you're uh, if you're Eric Spoelstra, I guess what you do really is cross your fingers and hope the Lakers shooters go cold. Maybe that closes the court a little bit and gives you a better chance against the Lakers stars.
1: Yeah, the injury question is just so big. It's just looming so big, and it just snowballs with this team because, you know, all of a sudden, if Goran Dragic is out, all of a sudden you have Kendrick Nunn playing big minutes, and he just, you know, he was Michael Jordan when they were down 20, but I don't think that, you know, you you want Kendrick Nunn playing, you know, meaningful minutes basically in a playoff game. He's basically been out of the rotation. Uh, coming up, let's get into more about this series, what it means for the NBA going forward because we've, we've seen a couple of things from Anthony Davis that could have big implications for the, the, you know, the season going forward and what it means for the Miami Heat. Are they done? What do they do in the future? We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, rockauto.com is there for you when you need them. If something goes on your car and you have to find an exact specific part, the place to go is rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You just go on the site. Go there right now. Go on the site and just look up Your car, the make, the model, the year, it lays out everything in front of you. You can see all the prices. You can see all the parts your car will ever need. And the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you want to spend up to twice as much going to a brick-and-mortar store, having to put on a mask, go out there, spend the time when you can just get it delivered right to your house from rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Ben. So. Is this an indictment on small ball? <laughs> like the Anthony Davis goes in, he dominates, LeBron James is big, they're playing Dwight Howard. I mean, what does this mean for small ball in the NBA? Is Anthony Davis going to be the new Shaq? We were talking about this on Locked on Lockdown Mavs. Is everyone just going to be clamoring to find somebody to guard Anthony Davis or at least try to guard Anthony Davis after seeing something like this? Remember when all those teams were trying to like, oh, we got to get a Shaq stopper, we got to get somebody. The Mavs brought in Eric Dampier, and you know, a bunch of teams were trying to just go out and get a big center. Is that going to be the new thing now?
0: Well, so your strategy is you want to bully Anthony Davis or you, you want to try to keep him away from the paint? Because I'm not sure there's a great way to defend him right now. Like, what are his offensive weaknesses, right? He's, he's good against the basket. He's filled out a little bit from a strength perspective. He's got an incredible shot, soft touch, and he's been shooting it so well in the bubble. I think that it probably hasn't got enough attention how well he's shooting the basketball. Uh, he can stretch out to the three-point line. He spent all summer working on his uh, his catch-and-go moves on the perimeter, trying to get himself to be a little bit more like Kevin Durant in terms of just his arsenal of, of weapons. He's a great lob finisher. He's quick um, in terms of getting to spots. He has a really good sense of positioning and, and how to make little, little cuts around the basket. Like, I mean, who who is, who's the guy who's going to guard him? That's the question. It was was supposed to be Bam. (laughs) I know. And I actually think if you're ranking the guys, I mean, Giannis Bam, those are probably some of your top candidates to try to match up kind of physically with Anthony Davis, but, uh, there aren't too many Giannis and Bams out there. And so I think from that standpoint, like we are kind of entering an era of Anthony Davis. I mean, he's, he's certainly peaking at the right moment. Um, he is showing a lot of mental fortitude as well in terms of just continuing to do it night after night. I mean, his personality is so funny. Like, he was even talking about how he kind of likes playing in the bubble because he doesn't really care. He just wants to play basketball. It doesn't really matter where it is. Like He just he <laughs> seems completely unbothered. And I don't know if he just plays a lot of video games off the court. So it's like, well, who cares if the Xbox is in Florida and in Disney World or if it's at home? <laughs> like, really, what's the difference for him? You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny that way. The room service. Um,
1: that's what's different. R-
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think from that standpoint, uh, he's going to be a matchup problem for everybody here going forward the next five years. But remember, this was kind of ordained, right? Like if you go all the way back to 2012, when he first came in, guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron James came away from that USA basketball performance and they were like, this guy is next. He is going to be an MVP. He is going to be the face of the league. He is going to be the next guy that, you know, he's going to run his generation, basically. And there was a number of years where we got away from that, where he started to get into these comparisons. Oh, would you rather have him or Carl Anthony Towns? Where you get into these kind of debates about, okay, well, where does he really stack up? He never had the postseason resume to make his best argument, right? You're always docking him points because he's never there from the second round and on. At this point, you know, he's answering his biggest questions. And I think he's going to be skyrocketing up things like, you know, top 100 lists. He's going to be skyrocketing up, you know, who are the players you want to build around, you know, for a franchise. And you've heard him say, like, he doesn't want this to be a one-time thing. He said he wants to go to nine more finals, right? He wants to be just like LeBron. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think from that standpoint, it, it opens up the mind. And, and creative, uh, You know, creatively, if you're the Lakers, you know, what do you do? Like, for how long can you ride this pairing with LeBron and AD? Well, to me, that seems like a pretty nice window right now, given how well they've played, given Anthony's ability to potentially, at some point, transition into a number one guy. So it gives them some real options and, and a bright long-term future But you know, I think the the biggest takeaway is that uh, they're winning the stylistic clash. Their big ball is defeating small ball, and I think if you're a team that has true title hopes, like even say Boston, right, they've got to find some answers inside because if Bam can't stop Anthony Davis, think about what Anthony Davis would have done to Daniel Tice, right? <laughs> I mean, that would have gotten real ugly, real quick. And actually, a similar deal for Toronto now that Marcus Paul is potentially leaving. Serge Ibaka is not going to be stopping Anthony Davis if they met him in the final, say, next year, right? So I think if you're some of these teams, you do need to start thinking about, hey, wh- what do we do? What's our AD answer?
1: Yeah, and Serge Ibaka is potentially going to be a free agent. Uh, the The... Weakness for Anthony Davis going in. I heard a lot of people talk about this. We had our crossover with Locked on Lakers and Locked on Heat. David Ramil was saying, you know, one of the weaknesses for Davis was double teams, that he wasn't able to pass out of double teams. He wasn't able to make the reads. And in this game specifically and throughout these playoffs, I think he's kind of proven that he's been able to do that. I think the time with LeBron, all the talking on the court, I'm sure you're seeing it down in the bubble. I think that has worked out so well for him. He had five assists in this game, but he was making the reads tonight you know, out of the double teams and being able to to kick out to shooters and hit people in stride. And I think that has been a huge development in his game.
0: He doesn't need to be like an elite passer. He just needs to make the simple reads because he draws so much attention. Right. So I'm sure that like what their coaches probably tell him is like, do not overthink it. Right. Wait until that second guy comes and then whoever you can see in your field of vision who's open, just get rid of that basketball. Don't force it. Don't get into situations where you can create turnovers. You just don't need to do that much with the pass, and um, you know sometimes he gets double. And he just does a turnaround jumper over the top of it. You know, it's just like I mean, <laughs> he's got a lot of answers, and uh, and you know, it's he's always been a nice kid. I mean, that's the thing that people have said about Anthony Davis since he was in high school, and that was actually a knock on him for a while. Is he too nice, right? Uh, is he is he also physically tough enough? I think both of those were questions. I actually, you know, kind of uh, when he when he sprained his ankle. In the Western Conference finals, it kind of had flashbacks to him when he was younger. He would leave the court constantly with injuries, right? He was always going to the locker room. You could almost bank on it. Like at least once a week, he's going back to the locker room. I thought that was actually a big moment. Again, uh, just showing his growth as a player. He sprains his ankle. It actually looks pretty painful. He just decides to walk it off during the timeout. He tightens up his shoe. He continues to play. And then he comes back the next game. He's completely fine in game five. And he comes back tonight and he's sensational arguably the best player on the court again what does that look like when he's 22 year old anthony davis does it play out the same way uh maybe maybe not and i again i think that uh, it's a sign of his growth
1: i think it's another you know big benefit he's had from being next to lebron james i mean lebron tweaks his ankle and he literally just stamps it out and keeps walking right like he just stomps (laughs) his foot on the ground and keeps going let's finish on a couple of maybe positives for the heat let's talk about what could be what could they improve on i think you get you know Tyler Hero was, was good pretty, was good at the beginning, but he shoots thirty three percent. He misses twelve shots. Uh, he really didn't get anything from Duncan Robinson. You know, Jay Crowder was hitting early, but you know maybe we can get some, some more of that. At least he was hitting some shots. Now they didn't really hit well from three. The Lakers were incredible from three, and they're normally not. What are some other points for the, the Heat if let's say Bam comes back and Jimmy Butler's back and they're both going to play? I think we're going to assume Dragic is out. But what are some maybe ho- points of hope for the Heat going forward?
0: Well, I actually think that a big concern is actually Tyler Hero because that guy was really important in the Eastern Conference Finals and they just picked on him mercilessly on defense. You look at his plus minus, it was just an abomination. I don't know if yeah, you -35. Yeah. yeah, that's hard to do. I mean, especially in a finals game. Minus 35 is Man. not easy to do. And so I think that's actually a major concern for them. Um, I guess the way you spin it if you're Eric Spolster, and he actually was asked this question and he was kind of like, "Look, I don't have a message for my team right now." check back with me tomorrow. And he's like, basically anything he says in the aftermath of that kind of game is meaningless because guys are just so upset at the loss that they're not even going to listen to him or or not going to process the, the optimism. I think that's a a fair way to look at it. But I mean, to me, the main message coming out of game one is guys, we can't play worse. It was our worst game of the playoffs. And arguably it was the Lakers best game of their playoff run. Right. Right. So usually the law of averages says those two things aren't going to happen again in the same way uh, in game two. Right. So I think that that's um, a major just kind of messaging focal point of like, look, we just got to steady the ship. Um, You're going to lean very hard on Jimmy. You're going to say, hey, maybe you have to crank up your scoring, crank up your ball handling, especially if Goran Dragic can't play or at least can't play effectively. You're probably going to try to give Kendrick Nunn, who, who caught fire there a little bit in the second half. You're probably going to give him a little bit more run. Um, You're going to hope that Andre Iguodala can have a little bit more success against LeBron because he got badly outplayed there. Um, You're probably going to have to give Tyler Hero another shot. If they continue to pick on him defensively, you're probably going to have to cut his minutes. And then you're going to hope that Duncan Robinson can get hot, right? I mean, I I do think he's a potential X factor, um, you know, from outside. But, you know, these, I mean, look, it sounds a little bit like I'm grasping at straws here. I I think that's a fair way to look at it. I mean, the, the tape is not going to be friendly, for Miami. Um, And I think the other thing you're going to do is you're going to hope Bam is healthy and you're also going to hope he can stay out of the early foul trouble because that will make a big difference. The game got away from them when he was off the court. And he's also the kind of player with with his conditioning, he can play a lot of minutes as long as he can stay out of foul trouble. So you're probably going to lean even more heavily on him as well.
1: Yeah, you're grasping at straws, but this team was down 30 points in the finals. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the situation. And their top three players are hurt. That's really the situation that they're in right now. So, Ben Goliver, appreciate you on the podcast every single week. And uh, you can find Ben Goliver. I'll put a link in the description for his Twitter as well as his stuff at Washington Post. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA.